Today we're talking about Vercel. I always have trouble covering Vercel because I used to work at a competitor and a lot of people who work at Vercel are also my friends. And so it feels often that I'm a little bit too close to the subject matter to really give it some justice. And also, I think I have a curse of knowledge. I think that I think I know what Vercel is. And maybe that is not very accurate. So I'm always paying attention and I think that they're really stepping up the game now. And I think it's worth talking about it. So here's Guillermo on Code Story talking about the origins of Vercel and XGS. What I was noticing at the time was that there was this trend in the industry toward APIs. Everything was becoming an API. And I noticed that very early on because I was always interested in how, you know, you can sort of create interesting business models out of developer-first methodology. So, for example, Stripe is a great fintech company that started with a great developer API. I remember actually I was uh, very excited when I was at WordPress that they were starting to merge this plugin into main that was the REST API for WordPress and then a GraphQL API for WordPress developed. So I was noticing that the industry was breaking down that monolithic way of building where, for example, in the case of WordPress, your backend and your theme all live inside the same code base and the same technology with the same tools. And I thought that for the front end, the most interesting tool that you could possibly use was JavaScript, let alone things like React. So I had this idea of creating a framework that made this concept of sort of awesome, super interactive, super fast JavaScript applications a reality. But unlike predecessors like Meteor and other ideas that had been in the JavaScript ecosystem in the past, I decided that by design, this framework was not going to have its own database, its own ORM, its own opinionation about how you would get your data. So it's literally just a front-end layer. The interesting thing that happened early on in the development of this was I noticed that the best possible experience for the front-end developer was going to come from the ability to iterate very fast. So I had this idea that you should just write one command very quickly and then get your page up and running into the cloud. Cloud and framework we're getting closer together. We're starting to merge, so to speak. So I developed Next in parallel with the sort of infrastructure platform that would make Next the best possible framework it could be. And it would also make the front-end developer not have to worry about all these things. Like I remember at the time, uh, even just getting SSL <laughs> up and running for a quick front-end project was a like, tedious task. We developed the framework and the cloud platform in parallel, and that turned out to be one of the biggest strengths of Vercel because, as I mentioned earlier, we give uh, enterprises or teams uh, the, all the tools that they need to succeed, from develop all the way to ship. Let's dive into the MVP then. So that first product you built, how long did it take you to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? So one of the things that happened in the early days of the React ecosystem was that folks were sort of struggling with the idea of infrastructure, but on the compiler level, on the tooling level. So we had all these cool pieces of software that we could use to like bring a React-based project to fruition. But I remember I just wanted to create a simple web page that used React components. In particular, I was trying to build the web page that said, welcome to our company, leave your email to get started. And I noticed that like all that infrastructure was a pain to set up. 
Like you had to configure Webpack. You had to like basically spend all this time just working on the meta problem instead of just your UI and your brand. The cool stuff that you want to share with customers. That was our first opportunity. It was like the MVP was this zero config framework. It wasn't all worked out perfectly in the beginning, but what we did have, which we maintain to today, is a very simple contract of you can get started with no configuration. And there's one command to develop and one command to build and one command to run the entire thing on your machine. We are one of the few open source serverless frameworks that can run in its entirety on your local machine or inside a container. The MVP was designed from a contract design type of thing. We knew what the boundaries of the system were. We knew the expectations of the simplicity of the of the ergonomics of the tool. And then we kind of started, you know, we continuously, even until today, continue to improve the internals from those boundaries. And then on the cloud infrastructure side, a very similar thing happened. We knew that we wanted deployment to be as simple as git push or running one command per cell and then you get a URL. But then we iterated on the infrastructure and we continue to iterate on the infrastructure. We never really stopped changing the internals because we continue to improve them based on what frameworks need and what our customers need. But the boundaries have stayed the same. And one of the reasons that I bet on the web is I remember I was super excited about HTTP2 back then. Now I'm really excited about HTTP3. I figured that the hyperlink is the right boundary of abstraction for the cloud side. We didn't want a framework that spit out a binary to run in an app store. We wanted the developer to get a URL back from the system. So that is the same contract that remains until today. We just continue to improve the underlying infra. I think that answer really impressed me with how closely Guillermo is aligning himself and Vercel with the open web, with developer tools and developer experience, and the rise of the API economy. And I think he's just done extremely well with the messaging. And I think I had the opportunity to ask a few questions over the course of this year, which is really testing my own biases. And I think that every single time I've asked this and every single time they've patiently answered this question. And I thought it's worth sharing what they answered. So here is Guillermo on a different podcast on the Log Rocket podcast asking my question because they asked me for a question. So I gave two and they were actually pretty interesting on both sides. Okay. So one of the things that we've figured out after uh, 50 episodes of Pod Rocket is that it's a smart thing to do to ask previous guests what to ask future guests. Uh, and so Ben mentioned James Quick. Um, we also asked Swix uh, if he had questions for Guillermo, and uh, he has two. Uh, they both look difficult, um, which is kind of on brand for him. Uh, so we'll start with the first one, right? Uh, I'll just read it. Is Vercel keen on low-code builders on the front end, like Webflow, uh, and more capabilities like storage, authentication, workflow engines on the back end? Very much so. So one of the things that we've been noticing recently is a lot of our customers are building platforms on top of Vercel that compile down to Next.js and obviously Vercel websites under the hood. So Next.js, because it's so dynamic, allows you to dynamize the content even by hostname or domain name. So there's a bunch of extremely successful platforms that give you a completely no-code experience. But for example, when you drag and drop an image uh, or when you use an image or a video, 
they get everything right that developers sometimes, including myself, don't. Like we talked about the image example. So uh, my favorite example is super.so. It'll take any Notion page and convert it into a website. The website that it yields, if you inspect it, has, well, first of all, extraordinary core web vitals. It's an XJS, every page is an XJS page. All pages are prefetched, so they take advantage of our smart prefetching system. Every click feels instantaneous. All the images are optimized. And all of these things are, frankly, so hard to get right, even for developers. So the reason I'm so bullish on this kind of platform is I think of it as like automating work. Uh, instead of hiring a dev, you can hire, you can, sometimes you can do it yourself. Um, and it's just fantastic. So we have a lot of improvements in the pipe for making this use case even broader and, and, and more interesting for entrepreneurs, especially. There's, I think, now like 30 platforms like this on Vercel, probably even more. And so I totally welcome no code. That's one way of integrating into your, your stack where you build certain pages in these builders. Then you can use Vercel to do the routing. So you can say, well, start with my no code provider and then fall back to my yes code. I've been using that term recently, my yes code pages. The other really cool one that I'm seeing is um, Next.js, especially with static incremental static regeneration, allows you to kind of go and build things asynchronously that could otherwise take a lot of time. So a lot of customers are using it to bring representations of components and layouts from a data store. And then that tool could be giving you a visual UI for laying out components. This is happening a lot in e-commerce where their marketing teams are constantly iterating with new offers, new promotions, uh, Christmas is special is coming up. So you kind of like, you want a, a really fast no code builder for certain parts of the page. You probably don't want to touch the core essentials because those are heavily optimized by developers. Like the buy button might not be something that you build with a no code tool because it's so dynamic, personalized. It has to run the right payment experience for each preference of, you know, payment provider. But the Christmas is special banner. Has, can be totally designed in no-code, low-code tool. So you can import those inside your existing Next.js pages. So those two use cases, I think, are going to grow a lot, and uh, I'm here for it. Mm. Nice. That was a thorough answer, too, so I appreciate that. Uh, okay, so this one's same, still from Swix, but uh, it's really about the business. Um, and here it is. Is the plan to grow in an Apple-like vertically integrated ecosystem uh, can that take Vercel to a $10 billion company? So we've always looked at Vercel as an open source, open platform company, right? Like if you fork Next.js and you build a better one, Vercel will be more than happy, especially Vercel has this sort of perspective on end user experience is really what we're after. It's like making the web that, you know, my children and my parents will enjoy using ultimately. So we're open on every side. The platform itself is open. We're actually about to launch a renewed documentation on how to integrate any framework and even on how Next.js itself is integrated into our platform. So there is no disparity on power that we have in order to integrate than you would have if you're a third-party framework builder. And this is especially very important to enterprises that tend to come to Vercel because they already built the framework 
they're interested in Next.js because they want to offload all that work, but the framework exists. So you can onboard any framework, and then you can also use Next.js if you so desire, or you can use no-code tools in our ecosystem. So we've always thought the web is a really rich environment. We take the same stance with Next.js and all the CSS systems that exist. I think we support like two dozen. And I think that will always continue to be the way of the web. I think we do obviously draw inspiration from Apple in, in how they do things and express their brand and whatnot. But what we don't take inspiration from is like, hey, it's like our way, our API, or no way, uh, or, and restrictions all over the place. So that's I'm less a fan of. And we try to do basically the opposite. So the common compliment combined with criticism that I often give about Vercel is that they are like Apple, both in how well they execute on their product launches and marketing and also in their ecosystem. And I think with today's move where they hired Rich Harris of Svelte fame, they are really making a positive step in terms of being a platform for everyone, not just for React, not just Next.js. And I think it's extremely convincing. I think people are very excited by it. And I've, I'm excited by it, genuinely. Uh, but I'm also interested to see how Netlify responds. I'm also interested to see how the monetization angle comes around because it's extremely not clear. I think it doesn't have to be clear. I think you can play with great people just hiring them and bringing it. But I think they have some plans.